Hello, I'm Ron Bernthal, and the program is Borders. Surveys have shown that for many American visitors to Europe these days, it is not the beaches or museums or festivals that is drawing them to the continent, but rather it is the restaurants, food halls, and even specific chefs that determine the cities and countries they visit. For the food tour operator eating Europe tours, this has meant an increase in the number of cities where they now offer guided tours of interesting neighborhoods in six European cities. Founded in 2011 by Kenny Dunn, an American and living in Rome, the company now offers food tours in five additional cities, London, Florence, Prague, Amsterdam, and Paris. In Amsterdam, the company runs food tours in the Jordan District, a traditional well-established neighborhood filled with canals, and in the newly gentrified Old West District, where a historic food market and vibrant ethnic neighborhoods makes for a unique food tour. Camilla Lundberg is the operations manager for Eating Europe Amsterdam and was conducting a recent food tour in the Old West District. The neighborhood is called Oud West or Old West in English. It was chosen because it really represents like local Amsterdam today. So Amsterdam is a very diverse and very multicultural city. We have 180 different nationalities living here and around 60% are non-ethnical Dutch. So this part of the neighborhood really has almost all those different nationalities and it really shows what modern Amsterdam today looks like. In addition to visiting a Persian food truck, a new gin and tonic bar at the busy food Holland, tasting the traditional Dutch bitterballen snacks and Belgian-style fries, and dining in Moroccan and Indonesian restaurants, all very popular in Amsterdam, tour participants really do learn about Dutch life and the history of the city. So this area that we are at now is actually at the original polder level, which is sort of a polder, is sort of drained land that you make dry land out of, where you can actually have houses and so on. So if we look at an old map of Amsterdam, here we have in 1750 the old city center, surrounded by the and this is where we are. So this was all originally polder. The reason that they turned it in for a polder was this was already a very important area to the city, already back in the 17th and 18th century. This road that we have here is called the Heilige Weg, the Holy Path. There was a pilgrimage route that led into Amsterdam. So in the middle of the 14th century, there was this miracle of Amsterdam. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It was a very strange Dutch miracle. And all this was the Catholic times of Amsterdam. Eh? And the old man was dying. And on his deathbed, while dying, he was he threw up. And he was just getting his blessings from the priest. Now they put the vomit, they put it in the fireplace and to burn. <laughs> but it didn't burn. So everybody said, oh, it's a miracle. Really important route into the city. And you got lots of little inns here on the road. So there was already a lot of houses there just around this road. Although you were outside the city belt. But they also started using this area for other things. So the rich people. Amsterdam was becoming very densely populated. Smelly and too many people and the rich people decided to have these big country estates outside of the city so they made these big country estates and then they created the pleasure gardens so these were places first for the grown-up audience where they could come and hang out and play games and go for walks and sail around most of the area here behind there was a big lake called the quakers pool and all around that they had these big houses people would come and hang out and they would take an admission fee for people to come in so they would ensure that it's only the rich people that would come in and they wouldn't be bothered with all the poor now in the 19th century it became more of a family hangout place so then people would also come with their strollers and the kids could play and they have some dutch children songs that are actually back from that time where you still sing about all these like gardens and hangouts and sailing around around. 
One of the more interesting stories that Camilla told the group was about how after World War II, Amsterdam people learned how to take more showers. They made a check to see how often people would shower, and it took it showed that people showered an average of five showers per year. So the authority that was in 1945. Now, so they no, 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 45. So most people didn't have showers at home. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was a bad year to uh, to check it. So they had all of these public bathhouses installed all over the city, and their recommendation was that everybody would go once a week. So 52 showers a year were sort of recommended, and people would come and they could register their names. So they would check that people actually showed up. It had some impact. In 1955, they measured again, and then people took an average of 10 showers per year. So 100% increase. Public bathhouse in Amsterdam today is run by a foundation, and that means it's still really cheap. It's run all by volunteers. You can take a shower here for one and a half euro. Yeah, today they also offer sauna and massage. For more information about hooking up with Eating Europe tours, go to eatingeurope.com. Borders is produced at WJFF, an NPR affiliate station in Jeffersonville, New York. I'm Ron Bernthal, and this is Listener Supported Public Radio.